Hi, and welcome to Pacifim Christian Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message, that it will both challenge and inspire you. I'm going back. We need to go back. I, I, was, I was so excited about conference. There was so much um, that I wanted to preach. Not things that I'd heard, but things that had moved me and challenged me. And I thought, I need to do this. I need... But, but then as I sat down to start writing, I thought, no, I can't. And I need to go back. I need to go back to what we started to talk about last week. We need to go back to the very first point of, of what I talked about, having a good posture. We need to go back to Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. We need to have a closer look at this because at first glance it sounds first glance it sounds so simple. So simple that even if you're a new Christian, even if you're uh, just a young Christian, a Christian who's still learning, you hear that and you go, yeah, of course, be still uh, and, and have a look at God. God will reveal himself when we're still and we're having a look. It's, it's pretty simple. But the question is then, why is it then many of us who've been around for a long time Struggle in the outworking of this simplistic verse. At times it can be a real challenge for those who have been around for a while and who have been involved in some stuff, who have been through the highs and the excitement and also through the disappointments. Those things shape and mould us. And, and impress on us. Uh, and so it's like we've been around a while. We know what needs to be done. We know what it should look like and how to make it happen. <clears throat> and the truth is, <clears throat> there's many Christians in many churches, probably not this one, who think they know what needs to happen and how it needs to be done. And there's some of those that are even willing to tell you about it. Church is full of people who've been around for a while and they will gladly tell you what you should be doing and what it should look like. But I want to look at this verse again. I want to go back to basics. The word still... Very obvious, but what does it actually mean? In the dictionary, the first word it uses to define the word still is slack. But it doesn't mean slack in the way we use the word slack. You know, we talk about slack <coughs> and it's a bit of a shot, a bit of a judgment. You're being slack. He's slack. She's slack. They're slack. They're just slack. But it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean it the way we use it. It actually means release the tension. That's not the word, the, the, in its basis form, the word be still means release the tension. There's an act of ceasing to release the tension. <clears throat> what one interpretation actually says, be silent and, and stop striving. Be silent and stop striving. If we take all the definitions and, and the commentaries, 
and put them all together, this is what we get. We get something close to this. <coughs> Stop all your futile efforts in dealing with things that are in his domain. Right? That's what, basically, we get everything written about this verse, put it together, summarize it. That is what, we, that is what God's saying to us. Stop all your futile efforts in dealing with the things that are my domain. But because we've been around a while, because we've experienced some stuff, some, we got some stuff right, but we went through some stuff that was wrong. When we're in a situation, we, we tend to, okay, we've got we to gotta put this right, we've got to make this happen, we've we got to change this, we've got to do that. And God says, no, 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 this is my domain. Oh, how we'd learn that. How many people come and want to argue theology and doctrine and how to run a church? <clears throat> when, when the last time I looked, when Jesus was asked about theology and doctrine, what's the most important part of the law? He said, love God. And then love your neighbour as yourself. He didn't say, he didn't start on any theology. He said, this is the most important thing. Yet people want to argue about doctrine. They want to argue about theology. They, are, they want to argue about um, the way we run a service, the kind of songs we sing. They, they want to argue about all those things and yet they forget what Jesus said. Actually, the most important thing is love. And, and if people express their love to God that certain way, as long as they're genuinely loving him, it doesn't really matter and he doesn't really care either as long as they're showing their love. As long as they're loving each other as they love themselves, which is the command Jesus God, I'll give you a new command, love one another as I've loved you, you. Why is it we forget those most obvious and most loudly proclaimed commandments from Jesus and, and say, yeah, yeah, okay, but let's argue about this. You got this wrong. I don't think Jesus cares. I nearly said God doesn't give a rip. As long as we're doing what we know in loving him and loving each other. Stop all your futile efforts in dealing with things that are my domain. In the commentaries, there's some debate about who this psalm is actually addressing. So some think it's uh, in, in Israel's history, it's addressing Israel itself. Uh, because of the struggles, the striving, the wars that are going on around them. Uh, some actually suggest that this is not God speaking to the nations of the world who are around Israel and attacking Israel. And he said to them, but I think, maybe, who cares? I think it's a, he's addressing, this psalm's addressing those who ought to be trusting God. If we're trusting God, this is for us. Be still and know. Be still and know. For me, after doing the research, after reading all that I've read just lately about it, I, th I think being still literally is God saying, cease all resistance to the things of God. And you might think, really be still and know that I am God? And, and you've changed it to cease all resistance to the things of God? Because he's saying, you're trying to do stuff that's my stuff to do. Stop doing that. And then you'll see me. Then you'll know me. Um, 
a first response, we would say, how dare you? Who, how many Christians would actually um, confess to resisting the things of God? You, how dare you say that? But here, here's, the, here's the truth. Every time we justify why we can't be involved, every time we justify why we can't give, why we can't go, we're actually opposing the things of God. Every time we explain why it can't be done or why we, it won't work, why we haven't enough or, or, or why we can't win at this, why the operation, uh, opposition is greater, every time we do that, we're resisting the things of God. Because, you know, um, we're taking it out of our hands and trying to make it work in our own hands. Yeah. Uh, what is it that Zachariah says? I think it was Zachariah who said, it's not by might nor by strength, it's by my spirit. And yet we want to argue and tell him, point out very clearly why it can't be done, why we can't do it, how, how we can't afford it. Or, you know, and, yet, um, and I'm talking about the things of God. I'm talking about be still and know that I am God. And yet we struggle, we strive, and we make excuses to justify. When God's saying, no, that's my stuff. We are actually resisting God. Um, one of the things at conference that I noticed, it, it was it was plenty of shakers, but but it built, and and the last session we was in uh, was the morning session, and we're seeing amazing miracles. Half of the people that got up and got the most amazing, and I'm just. You see these old people, they were old people. Um, they weren't there at the beginning, but they were there now. And, and they'd come up and they'd be getting helped or they'd be walking real slow. And as he was talking to them, you see them straighten up and, and start crying and just be shocked and moving their bodies and dancing. And one guy was running. So you see these old people... But when we say, hey, wait a minute, I've been sick too long. Oh, I'm too old for this. Whatever it is, when we start talking like that, we're resisting the things of God. God can do what he wants to do. But here's the thing, you've got to be willing, you've got to be open, you've got to be obedient. He's, he's gonna, his will is set. He's going to do what he's going to do. And he wants to do some stuff in your life. But he's giving you the power of free will. But if you're saying, no, no, I'm too old. Or it's been like this too long. Or, or I can't possibly be involved. As soon as you... You hear what I'm saying? I, I know we've got a broad spectrum of responses here for this one little phrase, be still. But it's the truth. When, when we talk like that, we, we resist the move of God. And God's saying, hey, wait a minute. That's nothing to do with you. That's mine. Stop messing in it. If I've said, be healed, be healed. If I've said, go, go. If I've said, give, give. If I want you to be involved in this, get involved in it. This is my will. This is my thing. Be still. And no, you'll see if you... Be still and know that I am God. The next word I, I, I just talked about, yeah, because I looked at still. I, I was actually going to do a whole Bible verse on the whole chapter because every part of this chapter is Psalm 46, is every part of this Psalm 
is so important. And, and, and it actually feeds in, and it's an explanation of be still and know that I am God. So the other word I wanted to do is, is just that, and it's two simple words, no. Just be still and no, be still. No. Um, which can swing between watch this and learn. Or the other extreme is, hey, remember? This room is full. I, I'm not exaggerating. Uh, I know the room isn't full. But of the people that are here, this room is full of incredible testimonies where God did some amazing things for us. Is that true? God has done some of the most amazing things for us. And so what he's saying is, either at one extreme, hey, watch this. You're going to learn something. Or he's saying, the other extreme is this, hey, remember? Be still and know, I am God. Because only God could do what he did for you. And if you think about it, if you, if you were there and you participated, enjoyed the benefits, I'm, I'm sure that something in your life changed and you've thought, mental note, remember that God did this and this is how he does it. And we forget. So he says, either watch and learn or remember what I've done. Be still and know. Do we really know? I think it has a little bit to do with trust. But I'm, I'm absolutely confident that each and every one of us, if we think about it, some, some it springs to mind already, others, I'll just give them a couple of minutes, they'll come up with it. God has done the most amazing things for us. And, and we went, thank you, and we celebrated that. But we need to be reminded of that. We need to apply the lesson we learned from that. What did we learn from it? That God is able. That God is able. If he did that, then this is no problem for him. At conference, we heard this phrase, uh, and I can't remember if it was from Tim... Tim um, Story, or, or what's the other guy called? Reggie Dabbs. They said, through their experience, healing comes either immediately or gradually or when you get to heaven. <laughs> and there's a reason and purpose behind every single one of them. So we've we got to start trusting him more. And say, well, God's done it before, he can do it again. And if he isn't doing it the same way, there's a reason, there's a purpose, there's something he wants us to see or learn again. What we need to see, or what we need to be reminded of, is, is that part of being still and knowing that he is God, is not about not being about his business. It's more about how we can give ourselves to his business more. He's not saying don't be involved. He said, don't you try to do it. Watch me do it. But you be involved with me. So it's not about him saying, 
don't you, don't you do anything. Don't you? No, he's saying, because I can do everything, come with me. Be with me. Part of it, it and it is, it is a very broad spectrum when we start looking at these simple words, being still and knowing God. Part of it is knowing how much he actually cares for you. That he actually does care. That he actually is concerned. That he actually wants to get involved. He wants you to ask. He wants, you, he wants to answer. You know, 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. That he may exalt you in due time. And casting all your cares on him. Because he cares for you. Part of being still, part of knowing he's God, is trusting him. And, and, and the level of trust, and the level of being still, the level of patiently waiting, relates to the, it's correlated to, it, it relates to the, our faith, our understanding, our believing that he really, really does care. He's not going to leave me hanging out to die on my own. But there's something happening. And he turned it around for good. We, we, we've got to understand. And, and I think disappointments and hardships often dull the edge of this. Where, where we say, yeah, we know he cares. But... When we need to remind you that he does, he really, really cares. And he can fix it. He can change it. Everything we go through and everything that comes against us, he's aware of and he's considerate towards. He does care. <clears throat> and we're guilty of I haven't earned it. I don't really deserve it. I messed up. No, no. And see, we're going back to misunderstanding God. We're, we're transferring our thoughts, our emotions onto him. Because uh, he's not like that. Um, as I said before, I was going to go through the whole Psalm 11 verses and look at the main points of each one because it highlights how we can be still. But I'm, I'm only going to uh, go to verse 1, 46 verse 1 this morning because I think, I think it shows it all just there. It said, God is our refuge and strength, our very present help in, in trouble. Uh, the word refuge refers to a place of safety and protection. And, and where that word is used highlights the variety or the different aspects of that um, protection, that, that safety and that protection. So let me tell you where it's used. Um, this word's used when it talks about the storms of nature and the unexpected storms of life. In the storms of nature and in the storms, the unexpected storms of life, he says, I'm a safe place for you. I, I am protection for you in this. We really need to see that. One of the other aspects about this um, 
refuge. Uh, it also refers to um, about dangers of attack, physical threats, mental, emotional attacks, attacks, and of course, spiritual attacks. But in him, when we're under attack, there's a safe place. There's this refuge. He's our refuge. It's a safe place. We are protected. We are safe in him. So we not only got about um, the natural storms of life and the unexpected storms of life, we've also got this place where it's safe from the, the dangers of those kind of physical, mental, emotional, and even spiritual threats. He's saying, that I'm, I'm a safe place for you in that. And, and the third is used in reference to deceit. Because he is the truth. And the truth will set you free. Where deceit wants to deceive, wants to bind you up. But he said, no, I'm, I'm the truth and the truth will set you free. And not only will the truth set you free, but if you're walking in the truth, it will keep you free. These are the three different aspects of this word refuge. Oh, how we need to know. And sometimes because of our pride or even our shame, same thing probably, um, we don't call on him as a, a refuge. But he wants you to know that he's a safe place, a place of protection for you, a place of safety from you. The other word there is strength. God is our refuge and our strength. That relates to physical power, internal fortitude, and the strength of mind and strength of character. That's where these verses, these other words, are used in different places of the Bible. So God is our refuge and our strength. Be still and know that I am God. Because I'm a refuge for you. And I'm strength for you in whatever area you need that. In Genesis 22 verse 14, let me give you a couple of examples. Abraham was being tested by God. The Lord had said, uh, take your son, your only son, after being promised he'd have many sons and now he's really old and he's only got the one. And he said, take him and sacrifice him. And so the Lord was uh, proving Abraham. And Abraham uh, went and took his son and prepared an altar and the firewood and raised the knife and God stopped him. Um, and we read it in Genesis 22 verse 14. This is what Abraham said. And after that we read, Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. He is, well, what the word is, is he is our Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And oftentimes we relate that to financial needs. And, and of course there's an element of truth in there, but it goes much bigger. Because it wasn't just about Money. It wasn't just about God providing a ram, symbolic of, of another sacrifice that he was about to make, a, a prophetic, if you like, picture of, of the Lord Jesus. Um, but it wasn't about just that because God had provided a promise to Abraham. God had provided a son for Abraham. God had 
provided the fortitude to see it through. God had provided the hope and the trust and the faith to help him walk in it and be faithful in it. God provided all these things for Abraham. He is our provider on all sorts of levels. We, we hear the word provider and we think, yeah, he's going to give me what I need. And he does, but we're thinking about finances and, and he, he does, but the deal is it's so much more. He provides everything we need. Every single thing we need, he provides. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. Be still and know that I am God. Exodus 14, 13 and 14. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and, and you shall hold your peace. Um, even after the most amazing supernatural occurrences in Egypt, even though, you know, God just rescued them, fear had gripped their hearts, and uh, I, you know what I love about them? I, I know I shouldn't. Is their sarcasm. Jews are so sarcastic. Did, did you know that? Even when they're terrified. You don't believe me? Listen to this. So Moses is telling them, God's going to look after us. You, you know what their response? So what? There wasn't enough graves in Egypt that you had to bring us out into the desert so there would be graves enough for everybody? And they're terrified and they mean it, but I'm going, this is like, if I was there, I'd have to turn away and have a bit of a laugh. It's pretty funny. But they meant it. They're filled with doubt. They're still sarcastic. But they're filled with doubt. And what did Moses say to them? Be still. Because you're going to see God. You're going to know him. And you know the rest. I remember my, my brother who uh, witnessed to us uh, before we got saved. And, and I struggled with that to try to avoid it until I got saved. But the deal was, my father used to give him such a hard time. And so one day, dad's had a few beers and there's people around, so he's starting to embarrass him or trying to embarrass my brother. My brother wasn't well-educated or learned. He, 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 he was a very strong man, uh, but the deal was, um, he got this newfound faith. So my dad was explaining how the Red Sea where they crossed over at different seasons could become very shallow. And so when they walked through the sea, it was only a couple of inches deep. And, my, and I'm going, I'm going, where's this going? But my brother goes, oh, praise God. Hallelujah, that's amazing. And, I'm, and Dad's like shocked and I'm going, looking at him like I said, imagine that. 
An old Egyptian army drowned in three inches of water. How good is God? Of course, the Bible did say that they walked through on dry ground. But that's just the way he was. Um, Stand still and see the salvation of your God. Be still and know your God. How did you get saved? What were you like before you were saved? Many of you would say, if it wasn't for God, I probably wouldn't even be alive right now. I certainly wouldn't be married right now, or well, not to this woman anyway. You know, um, probably would have been a drunkard or broken or whatever, or in jail or whatever, and, you know. But God saved you. Be still and know. I, I got some more good news for you. Even with all that fear, even with that doubt, hear the word of the Lord. Mark, Mark 4, 35 to 41. You, you know this one. Listen to this one. On the same day when evening had come, he said to, he said to them, God said, Jesus said this, so it, this is the will of the Lord, right? This is God's plan, God's idea. This is the will of the Lord. Let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, which always confused me. I didn't understand that. But, but that's not the point. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Um, how interesting that when you set off to do the Lord's will, there'll be big storms that you have to go through. A lot of people say, well, it mustn't be God. Well, wait a minute. God just said, let's go to the other side. And then the storm came. I want to take it the other way and say, when God tells you to do something, expect the storms. Because they're going to come. The enemy's going to come and try and distract, deceive, prevent, stop, spoil, ruin, the whole gamut of those words. He's, He's going to do his best to make sure it doesn't happen. boat was already being filled. Verse 38. And he, Jesus, in the stern, asleep on a pillow. No big deal. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? I want to tell you the significance of that. That's blasphemy. Because he cares for us. He's the lover of our souls. He gave his life that... We won't perish. And yet he never worried about that. He had a look around, got up, had a look around. It says verse 39, Then he arose, rebuked the wind, said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm, but he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Be still and know that I am God. Sometimes we not only need to say that to the storms, we need to say it to our own heads and our own hearts. Because when the pressure's on, 
our minds race from one negative situation to something worse. This is so bad. And we, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger in our heads <clears throat> until we're just ready to run away, surrender. You hear what I'm saying? Sometimes we need to stay to our brain, be still. The, only clo- the closest I get to this is uh, there was a time a while back where I was pretty ill and they gave me endone. A- anybody had endone? <coughs> anybody like endone? <coughs> if I wasn't sick, I might have... Anyway, um, this is what happened for me. I, I still had the pain, but it just um, I didn't worry me. But here's what worried me. My brain was racing so quick. My thoughts were just, I just couldn't keep up. It was just like uncontrolled, just going faster and faster until I said, that's the last one. I, I actually had a box and, and when they sent me home, I took the box home and I was keeping it just in case. But I was so terrified about the way my brain was racing, I, I flushed him down the toilet. I said, I'd rather have the pain because my brain... But that's what happens to our head, isn't it, sometimes? It gets in, something gets in our head and it races and we go from bad to worse until it's really, you know, terrible. Uh, and we need to say, stop. We need to say, be still. And no, he is God. We need to remind ourselves. Um, Jehovah Jireh, our provider, he is with us. And we say it, we know it mentally, but now it's time to take it to the next level and start to live it. Now, some have said, I don't want to do that because it makes me feel uncomfortable because he knows the way I think and the way I lose my temper and the attitudes I have. No, no, he knows that already. You can't hide that from God. He knows exactly what you're like on your worst day. And he still loves you and he still wants to be with you. And as I've said in the past, and it bears repeating, it's worth repeating, um, his only thoughts for you are good. He doesn't look at you and hear you and know your heart and see your attitude and listen to your anger and your lack of faith and all that and, and go, that's enough, I've had enough of them, I'm cutting them off, I don't want anything to do with them. They deserve what? No, he never thinks like that. Is it Jeremiah 29, 11? says his thoughts for you are only good to give you hope and a future so even when you're going through that he's still thinking good thoughts about you but he's thinking about how i can get you from this place to the plans i have for your future how i can get you from where you are now to my intended end for you so he never starts thinking really lousy thoughts about leaving you punishing you letting you suffer you deserve it they're our thoughts they're not his thoughts when when he's with us all the time He knows all that and he's still thinking about good thoughts about us. We need to take that. We need to go from knowing that he's with me and never leave me forsaking, knowing that we're to be still and know that he is God because it's from that place and only that place we can start that journey. We can successfully make it through that journey by being still, knowing that he is God learning the lessons and reminding ourselves. It's not just about the information, it's about now applying it. Okay, okay. I'm going to trust God. God's able. 
still. Don't, don't, don't resist the things of God. Just be still. That's his domain. I've got plenty of responsibilities, but right now most of the important stuff is... And, and the truth is, if we could do it on our own, it was never God's intention anyway. But God's domain, only God can do it. Why are we stressing? Why are we working so hard? Why are we make, trying to make stuff happen? That's just us. That's just the flesh. This is a lesson that I've got to learn. I know that. I know that. I'm learning it. Now is the time for me. Be still. Oh, I've got still plenty of responsibilities because he did say to me, go. He has opened doors that he expects me to walk through. I'm supposed to be making disciples. So there's pl- I've got plenty to do, but there's some stuff that only he can do. Don't strive with that. Don't stress over that. And even now in your families, with the people you really love and care about, it might be even something in your own life. You've, you've, you're trying to, you're stressing, you're striving, you worry, you're anxious, you're, you're trying to manoeuvre things and, and, and set people up and see things change. But it's all in your own strength. And remember what the Bible says, Zechariah says, it's not by strength nor my mind, but by my spirit. Be still. Some of us are making ourselves sick with the stress and the worry. Striving, working hard, trying to get people into a better place when it's their choice, but at the end of the day, be still. God's done it before, he'll do it again. God can do the most amazing things. God's able where you are completely, I am completely unable. What God does goes far beyond anything I'm able to do. So right now, why don't we just do that? Why don't we just be still? The things that are causing you to be anxious, be still. The things you're worried about, be still. The things that keep you awake at night, the things that won't let you rest, the thing that causes your heart to fear, the thing that causes your mind to work overtime. Why don't we just say, be still. Be still. God. Know God. I know God. Remind yourself. He's done much more amazing things in the past. He can do this. I'm just going to trust him. I'm just... A lot of times, here's, here's a little secret. A lot of times, we're actually getting in the way of what God wants to do, trying to be nice trying to save people and we're just getting in the way and just be still be still let God you know God you know God remember watch and learn how are we doing we're doing all right anybody here right now saying wait a minute uh I need some of that stillness. I've just about exhausted all my strength. The little power I had is is not doing anything at all. I don't feel mighty anymore. I, when I started, I thought like I might, but but now even that. Why don't we let his spirit 
can I take it like a step further right now and ask you, if when I've been speaking about these things, it's reminded you of something that's going on in your life, your heart, your mind, going in the lives of someone you care for, love. Why don't we pray right now that you'll be still? Why don't you move yourself from the position of that striving, that anxiety, where you're actually resisting the things of God, where you're worrying, anxious, and trying to make it happen in your... Why don't we just still that and position ourselves in a different place where we can know God? Anybody here this morning hear what I'm saying? Anybody here now understand what I'm saying? Just experiencing what I'm saying, right? Anybody? Why don't you come right now to the front? Why don't we pray together right now? God is with us. It really doesn't matter who is or isn't here. Because he's here. And it matters for you that you're here because this morning you can connect with him. You can be still in him and you can get to know him. Is there anybody here saying, yep, you know what? This is so timely for me. I want to come right now. And remember, you're not coming to Dennis Lumley, the pastor of the Fast and Firm Church. You're coming to God. You're coming to God right now. You're positioning yourself from a place of a lack of stillness into a place of knowing God. Why don't you come? This is something that we all have to learn. How to take the theory now and put it into practice. How to humble ourselves and come to God and say, you know what, God? I've been resisting. I've been striving. I've been in my own strength, in my own understanding. I've been trying to work all this out. I've been trying to make this happen. And it's just getting worse. This knot is getting more tangled. It's just like I can't even see the end anymore. It's, it's weighing me down. I, I'm, I'm just tied up in knots. I'm just, I'm just about to give up. Why don't you come and position yourself and say, I want to know you, so I'll be still. Come on, anyone? Any more? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Obviously, we're going to take communion in a minute. Because it's the ultimate illustration of how much he cares for us. He said, come on, cast all your cares. Big, small, cast all your cares because I care for you. How do I know you care for me? Because I took the penalty of your sin. I went to the cross and died for you. The ultimate illustration, example. But before we do that, just before we do that, is there anybody else who wants to stand with these ladies this morning? We're not going to ask you what it's about. We don't need to know. What's the use of us knowing? Because we just start stressing and striving anyway. What's important is that we know him. And we're here to help you, to lean on you, to lean with you into him.
to stand and pray with you and for you so that he can do it. Because he's the only one who can. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you that everybody in this room knows you. Everybody in this room has experienced you. We all will freely admit that we want to know you more, that we want to know you better, that we want to get closer to you, that we don't just want to understand you, but we want to actually live in you. We want to apply what we've learned. We know that. But I thank you that everybody in this room knows you. Now, Holy Spirit, come now, Holy Spirit, and help us to be still. Yeah, empower us to take up your calling and fulfill that which you've commanded us to. But help us discern the difference. Help us to be still. Know you better. Come Holy Spirit. Why, why don't we just right now partake of communion? Thanking him that he cared so much for us. That the innocent would take the punishment for the guilty because he cares for us. That he deliberately, intentionally allowed his blood to be spilt, to be poured out for the forgiveness of our sins, to bring us into right relationship with the Father, to make us acceptable because he loved us, he cares for us. Come Holy Spirit. Then you want to pray. Come Holy Spirit. Can we all start to pray? Can each one of us start to pray? Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. We want to move. We, we want to move from the information, from the head knowledge, to the application, the spiritual application. We want to move. From our own strength, our own might, into your Holy Spirit, we want to move. We genuinely want to be still. We want to see. We want to know. Come Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you were blessed with today's message. You can connect with us at pacifentchristianchurch.com.